0: Good evening. So good to see you again. Welcome back to the Gallery of Curiosities. I remain, as always, your humble host, Osgood. Please don't mind the mess. I had to clear out some floor space here so that I could spread these maps out. I do a little consulting work on the side, you see, examining proposed street layouts for accidental occult diagramming. It happens in city planning much more often than one might reasonably expect. You want an example? Many many tourists have commented on a lingering unwholesome taint in their aura after visiting Washington DC. There is very much a reason for that, I assure you. Unfortunately, there are not many of us geomancers left in the world. More's a pity, such an overlooked science. However, you came here for a story, not to watch me turn a protractor. Let's get you started on this evening's exhibit, shall we? It comes from William Steitler, who lives somewhere in central New York and has been published in places such as Grim Dark magazine and Kaleidotrope, occasionally as S.M. Williams. When not writing, he spends his time determining where things are. More can be found at internetmanifestation.com. Our reader for this evening is Mr. Lou J. Berger. Walking the Line by William Steitler
1: Gredence was pretty sure the house was going to cause trouble. The line of stakes marking the route they'd followed across the dry landscape of the Arizona Territory led right up to it and were supposed to carry on through where it stood. The Southern Pacific Railway had made it clear that it wasn't big on adding track to go around things, was the problem. They were pretty adamant that he just lay out the route exactly as they had it mapped out, in fact. He'd ne'er had his head bitten off for suggesting a small change that would avoid making a tunnel, last time he'd been back at the main camp. They either didn't understand that things got complicated when you hit the ground, or they figured they could just overcome reality through sheer force of will, like pattern walkers did. Credence could have told the higher-ups in the railway why that kind of thinking could get you in trouble, had any of them bothered to ask. But it wasn't Credence's job to mull over hubris, no matter what kind of insight his family had given him. His job was to stake out a route for a new section of railway. Jack Randall handled the philosophical discussions on this trip. Right now, Randall was looming over the homesteader who'd built the shack, philosophizing. Even if the head of the security team hadn't been backed up by four other men, the two revolvers and his holsters, 44 Smith & Wesson number three Russians, would have given him an advantage in the debate. The homesteader was stubborn though, and Credence supposed anyone trying to scratch a living out of this piece of the Arizona territory had to have a certain amount of grit. I own this land fair and square, said the little man. Paid for it in money and blood. Your railway can just go around, Randall spat a stream of tobacco in a thoughtful manner. "'Just how far out of our way you reckon we ought to go, mister. "'There's a big hill yonder that we can't just climb over. "'You want us to pick everything up and swing ten miles out in a big loop just to suit you?' "'If that's what it takes,' said the homesteader. "'Not my problem.'" Randall's men were as tense as Credence, even Credence's assistant Owen seemed nervous, and he didn't have much of an imagination. Randall himself was relaxed, though, like he was discussing some abstract point of interest. Why'd you even build way out here, he asked. Seems dangerous. There's whole settlements of followers of the diagram in this territory, popping up faster than the US cavalry can stamp them out, liable to be out hereabouts walking patterns and summoning up all sorts of things. He glanced around the arid landscape, "'as if expecting to see a servant of the old gods "'shambling toward them across the sage. "'I ain't afraid of no old gods,' said the homesteader. "'And Credence went slightly at the blasphemy. "'Yeah, I can see you're a brave one,' Randall said. "'He looked around again, "'his eyes lingering on the rickety house for a moment. "'Credence followed his gaze "'and saw what looked like the barrel of a shotgun "'in the single glassless window facing them. "'He hadn't seen it before in the deep shadow.' but it was Randall's job to notice that kind of thing. Credence, Randall barked. Can you pick up the line on the other side of this gentleman's property? Credence felt a rush of relief and took a moment to scold himself for always expecting the worst. He'd taken this job because it was civilized, after all, modern, not like his old life. He nodded. Just need to shoot a few points in a dog leg. Well, best get to it, I guess, Randall said. Don't look like I'm going to bring anyone around to my point of view. He tipped his hat to the homesteader. Good day to you, then. Someone will be along behind us, maybe give you a better offer than I can provide. Won't matter, snapped the homesteader. Randall shrugged and walked away, gesturing for Credence and Owen to get to surveying. It was Owen who alerted Credence to the smoke the next day. Credence was facing the wrong way to see it looking through his theodolite down the proposed route for the tracks. But Owen had nothing better to do than look around, or that was his attitude at any rate. When Credence looked up from the scope to ask him why he wasn't holding the rod level, he saw Owen staring back down their route from the previous day. He glanced over his shoulder, saw the smoke, and turned, his gaze sliding over to Jack Randall and the rest of their escort, or what there was of it. Stevens and Lopez were missing, Rusty and Pete were spread out, keeping watch, and Randall himself was sitting, back to a large rock, getting what shade he could from the Arizona sun with his Winchester across his knees. He met Credence's gaze with reptilian boredom. You see that? Credence asked, jerking his head toward the plume of smoke. Randall levered himself up a bit from the rock and glanced back. "Uh Uh-huh, he said, and sat back down. Did you, uh, you send some of your boys back to see what it is? Credence asked. A slow smile spread across Randall's lips. Sure, he said and tipped his hat over his eyes. That's what I did. Credence watched him for a few moments, but he didn't look up. There was only one thing it could be, anyway a plume of smoke so neat and tidy as that. It wasn't grass or mesquite burning. It had to be the homesteader's shack. Credence took one last look around the gunmen, the ones who were there, then turned back to his scope. Three days later, they came upon a spot where someone had been walking a pattern. A serious pattern, not one of the ones you could order from the back of a disreputable periodical. Credence could tell by the look of the ground The way in a regular chunk of it, maybe 10 feet across, had a black, glassy look and no vegetation. He'd seen that kind of thing before, when he was younger. It perked up Randall and the rest of the escort. They all checked their guns and started looking around more, and Randall had them spread out on either side of where Credence and Owen kept following the map, laying out the path for the new rail. It was kind of hard to focus on the work, with old memories being dredged up worse yet with wondering what might have been brought through by whoever had walked the pattern and if it was still nearby but that was what the escort was for and maybe whatever had been brought over was already dead or gone from the area they didn't spot any creatures from beyond the veil that day though the woman who came along around noon almost got shot because of how jumpy everyone was she didn't seem particularly concerned by all the rifles pointing in her general direction as her roan mare ambled toward Credence and Owen, trailed by a pack horse loaded with packs that were bedecked with fluttering ribbons. She was dressed rather colorfully herself, in a wide-brimmed hat with a bright red band over a long black ponytail and a fringed poncho patterned in yellow and orange bands. She pulled up and looked around for a few seconds, as if deciding who was in charge. Her gaze paused on Randall for a time before sliding over to Credence. Artifacts, she said abruptly. Mystical devices stolen from the old gods, with a range of wonderful effects. Who's buying? Credence felt his innards go cold. Most people were a bit wary of pattern walkers who tried to sneak items out of the other world without awakening the old gods or their servants, if only because it was a risky business. But he'd had it drilled into him that it was a terrible thing to do in its own right setting aside the risks, blasphemous. He'd spent 15 years hiding his past, working rational, respectable jobs, but he felt, for a moment, like the woman had chosen him to address because she could see things he'd done, what he knew, written on his face. When Credence didn't reply, her gaze began to take in the others again, and when it reached Randall, he spoke. "'Who might you be, ma'am?' he asked. "'sounding amused now that he was sure "'she wasn't a strange entity summoned from beyond. "'The woman took this as encouragement "'and swung from her saddle with a swirl of her poncho. "'Soraya de la Garza,' she said grandly with a little curtsy. "'And who am I addressing, my friend?' "'Jack Randall,' Randall replied, "'sounding even more tickled to Credence's ear. "'Well, Jack Randall of the Southern Pacific,' Soraya said, "'I have a trinket here for you to try.' She withdrew a small bottle from her belt and held it toward Randall. Randall stared at her, ignoring the proffered bottle. "'How do you know we work for the Southern Pacific?' he said, sounding considerably less amused. "'Everyone in these parts knows a crew from the Southern Pacific is laying out a route,' De La Garza replied, still holding out the bottle. "'It's big news. A new railway coming through. So when I see some fellows engaged in what you'd call surveying, well... She shrugged. Scowling, Randall finally took the bottle. It was made of peculiar green glass and corked, although it appeared empty. So what is this? He asked. A sample of one of the many things my wearers can do. Hold it to your ear and you'll hear the odd whisper from the dead. Randall raised an eyebrow. Safe, is it? I only use virgins, pure of heart, to walk patterns for my use, said Soraya. I stand by all my artifacts and sell nothing I haven't tested myself. Randall glared down at the bottle for a moment, then pulled the cork and held it to his ear. For several seconds, he just stood there, mouth of the bottle to his ear, and Credence felt himself silently urging Randall to drop the bottle, even as part of him hungered to see what would happen. Suddenly, Randall jerked the bottle away, eyes widening, he looked down at the bottle, then up at Delagarza. Garza. "'You heard?' she asked. "'I heard,' Randall said, looking down at the bottle. "'You ever hear anything useful with it?' Soraya shrugged. "'I haven't yet, but you never know. "'It's hard to make the dead talk about what you want, I reckon. "'But it shows these things I sell aren't just fakery,' she gestured to her pack horse. "'You can keep the bottle.' Maybe you'll hear something handy, you listen long enough. But the things that are more useful have a price. For a long stretch, no one moved. There were plenty of places out east where someone would be run off, or worse, for hawking wares they'd gotten from a pattern walk. And Credence wondered if things would go badly for her. But folks in the west were more tolerant of the old gods, or more open about it anyway. That's why Credence's parents had picked up and moved out to Kansas from Massachusetts in the first place, back in 1845. Stevens, one of Randall's boulder men, strode over to Saraya and her pack horse, and that was enough to make the rest of them amble over, too. In a few moments, all the gunmen were gathered around as de La Garza went through all the trinkets she'd stolen from the old gods, or said she had. Owen followed them over, still holding his grade rod. Credence stood apart as the others gathered around the stolen wares, awkwardly adjusting the dials on his theodolite. "'I'm sure none of you gents would be interested,' Soraya said. "'But this little device will cure impotence.' "'There was a great deal of laughter at this, "'and suggestions from some of Randall's men "'about which of the others should buy it. "'Now this,' Soraya said, holding up an iron clamp, "'this will speed healing quite a bit. "'I imagine it could come in handy "'for someone in your line, Mr. Randall.' "'Maybe so,' Randall replied. "'You have something there "'that could drop a bad man in his tracks?' That'd come in handy in my line, too. I'm afraid stealing something like that would take a long pattern, Mr. Randall, Soraya said easily. Long and complicated. Walking something like that can attract the wrong sort of attention. Everyone got quiet at that, and Credence assumed they were all thinking of the patch of black, glassy ground they'd seen earlier. Randall broke the silence with some remark about the length of the pattern that would be needed for a device to cure Stevens's impotence, and everyone was laughing again and buying stolen relics. It wasn't until Soraya had sold everything she could that Randall asked her about it, evidence of a servant of the old gods crossing over. I had nothing to do with it, naturally, Soraya said, but I saw it. I was going to ask if I could tag along with you for a bit. Be nice to be around folks as well healed as you if something nasty is roaming around nearby. Credence looked up sharply and saw Randall shrug. Okay, by me, he said, but we move slow, you know, at his pace. He pointed, but Credence realized that Soraya had already been looking at him. Fine with me, she said, still watching him. I could use a little leisurely travel. Credence tried to ignore Soraya and the memories, all her talk of pattern walking had roused, but she didn't help matters by talking loudly and cheerfully with Randall and his men all afternoon. It was all so distracting that he kept making mistakes, needing to cross out and rewrite figures, or call Owen back to reshoot a station. They even made less distance than usual because of it all, and Credence was irritable when they finally made camp. He sat apart from the group with his plate as dark fell, and didn't notice Soraya's approach until she was almost upon him. You didn't examine my wares earlier, she said, sinking to the ground next to him. Credence grunted. Undeterred, Soraya produced a plain ring that glinted in the firelight. Steadies the hand and sharpens the vision, she said, holding it toward him. Just the thing for a surveyor. Five dollars. Creedon shook his head. Four dollars, because I've been having a hard time selling it, Soraya said. No one in this territory seems to care much about steady hands except gunfighters, and I cannot abide selling to gunfighters. She shook her head. No, sir, I won't do it though someone with my talents could make a fortune catering to those types. Credence grunted again. So, Soraya said after a moment, four dollars? Credence sighed. I don't hold with stealing from the old gods, he said. Soraya shrugged and made the ring disappear to wherever she'd produced it from. So, she said cheerfully, heading to Bisbee Flats next. "Hm," Credence said. Oh. No. We're swinging north after another half mile. Soraya tipped her head back to look up at him under her hat brim, her face orange in the flickering light. North? What's north? Credence shrugged. Not much, and we turn back to the southeast after a bit anyway. But why would the southern Pacific just veer away from a town like that? How do they plan to make money with these tracks? Credence had wondered that himself, looking over the maps of the lines he'd been told to survey i just lay out the route they tell me to he said i guess you would wouldn't you soraya said she sounded strangely thoughtful about it in credence's opinion you walk patterns do you he asked soraya broke off from staring into space and looked over you mentioned your talents earlier credence said does that mean you steal these artifacts yourself soraya gave him a look that was hard to read Anyone can walk a pattern, she said at last. The power is in the pattern, not in some bruja walking it. I know, Creedence said, recalling his grandmother prodding him into walking a tightly curled 600 yards or so of curved lines she'd drawn in the dirt of the barnyard, shrieking and waving her bowie knife when he stumbled and went slightly off line. The line must not waver, she'd said over and over. There'd been anger in her voice, like always, but fear, too. I know, but it's dangerous if you don't have some skill at it. That earned him another long, unreadable look, and he was trying to think of some way to back out of what he might have accidentally revealed when Randall strode up. You're wasting your time with this one, Miss Della Garza, he said. Credence don't hold with pattern walking. So I see, Soraya said, but it's never a waste of time talking to learned men, she looked up at Randall. Do you have any idea why the tracks aren't going through Bisbee Flats? No, I don't, Randall said, his voice taking on a warning edge. I'd just go where they tell me. Let other people worry about the wives of it. De La Garza shrugged. Probably wise. I like to keep track of where commerce is headed is all. She stood. I believe I'd best see to my horses and get to my bedroll, gentlemen. Credence and Randall watched as she left the circle of firelight, headed toward her gear. What's her story, you think? Randall asked. Not sure, Credence said, but I'd keep an eye on her, Randall nodded. I got a notion on how to find out more about her. We need to. Credence had been told to help his grandmother with food for the wake, but he knew enough to stay out of her way with the mood she was in. So he was standing back to the wall as she stomped around the kitchen, rattling dishes and banging pots. It worked for the better part of an hour. She didn't want anyone's help anyway. But just before the buffet was nearly assembled, the old woman suddenly whirled and leaned close to him, clutching a skillet. You know why Luke is dead out there? She asked, pointing toward the parlor with the skillet. Credence couldn't help but notice that the heavy iron was rock steady in her grasp because he resisted instead of communing with it he ran he hadn't done a very good job running in credence's opinion the reason he'd been willing to spend time in the kitchen with his terrifying grandmother was that it beat being in the parlor with a shattered torn up corpse the followers of the diagram insisted on an open casket for anyone whose death had anything to do with the old gods but a lot of times he wished it were different we went to a lot of trouble designing that pattern, his grandmother continued. Gave him the honor of walking it. And what does he do? Gets all swept up in the ecstasy of the walk. And when it works, he loses his nerve. Credence thought he could understand someone losing their nerve when a servant of the old gods showed up, but something occurred to him. You'd never lose your nerve for anything, Grandma. Why don't you ever walk the patterns? For a moment, the old woman froze. Then the skillet was coming at his head. Credence lurched awake, throwing off his bedroll. He wished he could throw off the memories as easily. It had been the terror in his grandmother's eye, right before she knocked him out, that had convinced him to leave, to have nothing to do with the old gods. He wouldn't be getting back to sleep, but at least the night was mostly gone. The sun wasn't up yet, but the sky was gray with twilight. Randall and most of the men were dark gray humps around the embers of the campfire, bundled up in their blankets, Soraya a bit further off next to all her baggage. Credence looked around and saw the silhouette of the man on guard. That would be rusty this close to dawn, sitting on a large rock near where the horses were hobbled. For a moment, Credence thought the large writhing shape that appeared against the brightening sky was a fragment of memory, brought in from the dream and one of the times he'd encountered a servant of the old gods in his youth. But as it shambled toward Rusty, its silhouette looking like something clumsily assembled from several creatures, all with their own motives and movements, Credence realized it was real. Credence wasn't sure why Rusty was just sitting there, and he opened his mouth to shout a warning. But something old and left over stopped him, a reverence for the old gods and their servants still clamped tight over him. He watched in silence for long seconds." Then there was a panicked whinny from one of the horses, and Rusty started. He hadn't been awed into stillness by the majesty of the old gods in the flesh. He'd just fallen asleep. Now he let out a yell and raised his rifle, but it was too late. The thing was too close, and Rusty too sleep-drunk, or maybe too panicky, and the shot went wide. It woke everyone else in the camp up, and there was a lot of shouting from all around as the thing fell upon Rusty. Creedence saw Rusty's rifle spiraling off to one side, then something that might have been his arm. Randall apparently saw it too and decided there was no need to worry about hitting Rusty because he started firing his own Winchester. The big tattered thing threw aside what was left of Rusty when the first round hit it and shrieked a few warbling words in a horrible language. It came toward them fast, somehow looking like it was about to come apart as it moved, throwing the horses into even more panic. Out of the corner of his eye, Credence saw Stephen stumble to his feet and run, even as Lopez and Pete tried to bring their weapons to bear. It was almost on them, lit by the embers of the fire as well as the gathering dawn light, when someone shoved Credence roughly aside. Soraya stepped past him, raising an old muzzle-loaded double-barreled fouling piece. The servant of the old gods had almost reached them, staggering just a bit as Randall put another round into it. Soraya fired both barrels, and Credence heard a moaning shriek under the boom of the gunpowder. The spray of shot hit the creature's midsection, and it seemed to fold up and fell at Randall's feet in a heap. For a moment, there was no sound. Then Pete finally got his pistol out of the gun belt he was holding and put a round into it. Nice shooting, jackass, said Randall. He jerked a thumb over his shoulder. Go see if you can catch Stevens before he reaches California. He reached down and picked up his own gun belt, shaking his head as he buckled it on. He took a step closer to the thing, hands on the Russians, and looked at it for a moment. It was a bit like a few of the other servants Credence had seen, scaly, with a face that had a sharp-toothed maw at the base and a blank, eyeless expanse above. It had better than a half dozen appendages, some ending in sharp bone ridges, and others in things that looked horribly like fingers. "'Fine thing,' Randall said, looking up. "'A peddler with some kind of ancient blunderbuss does a better job on that thing than three of my boys. Don't know why Rusty didn't see it coming.' "'He fell asleep,' Creedence muttered, immediately cursing himself for saying anything. "'I thought you were already up when I woke up,' Soraya said. Why didn't you say anything? Credence turned. Sarai had just tipped a measure of powder into her gun from a horn, and she was holding a leather bag in one hand by its drawstrings. I didn't have time, Credence snapped, and snatched the bag out of her hands. My question is what you're doing with this. He tipped some of the contents of the bag into his palm. This is something else you stole from the old gods, right? he said holding out a handful of what looked like jagged pieces of obsidian. Something to hurt them. Lopez and Randall leaned in for a look as Soraya glared at him. "'Well, that ain't surprising, Credence,' Lopez said after a moment. "'It's what the woman does.' "'Something like this, something made to kill servants of the old gods, this would take a long walk,' Credence turned to Soraya. "'You said you keep your pattern short. Don't take the risk of drawing the wrong kind of attention.' Soraya held out her hand, and after a few seconds, Credence tipped the jagged shot back into the bag and handed it to her. Maybe she brought that attention to us, Credence said. Maybe it came across because of her. That was ridiculous. He knew. A servant of the old gods wasn't going to make the journey without someone walking a pattern to bring it. But he needed to get attention off the fact that he'd been awake when it showed up. Keep people from thinking about connections between him and diagrammists. I walk the patterns on cat feet, Soraya said, like anyone with a lick of sense. I hear, Randall drawled, that you walk a lot of places on cat feet, with your shot that can tear up a servant of the old gods. Hear from who? Soraya asked. Randall held up the bottle she'd given him the day before. Turns out I know a lot of folks who are dead, he said with a grin downright talkative. Soraya's eyes narrowed, and after a moment her shoulders slumped slightly. Fine. I do a little work for hire. Some ranchers out near Bisbee Flats hired me to make sure you didn't run the line through their property. Make sure how? Randall asked. Soraya shrugged. However I needed to. Jesus, said Lopez. She was going to use pattern witchcraft to kill us. To move you, Soraya said. Shift your path. Killing you wouldn't do any good. Southern Pacific just send new people out. Well, I'm so darn glad you decided not to kill us on such practical terms, said Randall. It doesn't matter anyway, Soraya said. You're not going to Bisbee Flats. And even if you were, well, I wouldn't need to get rough to shift you. A word to a few papers about the diagrammist activity picking up around here would do it. She tipped her hat. So, gents, I'll just... Randall drew one of his pistols and leveled it at Soraya's head. This rail ain't never shifting, he said. The line must not waver. Credence felt his chest go tight as realization hit him. The whole thing that had been staring him in the face every day for months. Now hang on, Soraya said, raising her hands, one of which still held the half-loaded fouling piece. Sorry, De La Garza. Turns out that beastie got you, too, Randall said. Crean stepped forward and pulled the Russian from Randall's other holster. He wasn't exactly a pistolier, but for once it went right. He thumbed back the hammer and pulled the trigger just as Randall turned. Randall dropped. A neat hole in the front of his head and a considerably messier one out the back. Lopez had staggered back in shock, but he was drawing his own gun when Credence turned to cover him. Out of the corner of his eye, he saw Pete and Stevens at the edge of the camp, also drawing their guns. "'What the hell, Credence?' Pete said, leveling his revolver. "'I just realized what we're doing,' Credence said. He should have seen it long ago, but it was just so strange, the idea of the heads of the Southern Pacific thinking like his granny. "'This track we're mapping. It makes no sense, never has, but if you look at the map, compare it to the existing tracks it links up with, he could see it in his mind's eye, was more sure of it every second. It's a pattern, it's a summoning pattern, but it's hundreds of miles long, and the people traveling it will never waver or veer off course. Jesus, breathed Soraya, her eyes widening. We've never been allowed to shift the path, no matter what, Credence said. He pointed to Randall's body. His job was to do whatever it took to keep the route, the pattern, exactly how the Southern Pacific wanted it. It's the only thing that makes sense. You're saying the Southern Pacific is trying to use a railway to summon up a servant? Asked Lopez. No, Creedence said. Something this big, they want to wake up the old gods themselves. For a long stretch of seconds, no one moved. Then Pete slowly lowered his gun, followed by Stevens. So what do we do? he asked. creens lowered his own gun. Walking away or just up and shifting it would get them all killed. But a surveyor, one who knew patterns and was willing to go up against the old gods, maybe he could make a few subtle changes. Hard to notice in the offices of the Southern Pacific, but enough change that trains on the track would simply roll around pointlessly, bankrupting the company. We've got some stakes to move, he said.
0: I have often found myself wondering why exactly would one desire to raise the Elder Gods at all? I doubt one would survive the experience, no matter how many hymns one sings to them, or in what octave. Pythagoras, eat your heart out. It's probably safe to now confess that I was once for a very long time a practicing discordian. But one need only turn on the evening news to find out how that turned out. This evening's reader, Lou J. Berger, is a Denver-based fiction author with about two dozen published short stories, a couple novelettes, and a novella, which was work for hire and probably doesn't count. He's been published in Galaxy's Edge magazine, Daily Science Fiction, and a host of anthologies, In 2017, he was a finalist for Writers of the Future. Unfortunately, the hour has grown quite late. You should be on your way now. Might I suggest taking an alternate route home? One never knows what patterns one might be laying down. Do take care, and come visit us next time at the Gallery of... Curiosities. Gallery of Curiosities is produced under a Creative Commons International 4.0 non-commercial attribution No derivatives license. Story copyrights remain with the authors. This episode was produced in February of 2022. For full show notes, visit us on the web at gallerycurious.com. Now, where is the legend on this thing?